You're listening to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 950 AM and 930 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you conversation about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Good morning, I'm Michael May of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Radio TV office, and I'm glad to be with you today for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Every Saturday morning, we bring you highlights of our local Catholic radio programs that could be heard Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning on WNDZ 750 AM. This week, we begin with a highlight from Catholic Chicago, hosted by Father Greg Sakowitz and Mark Teresi. They recently had the pleasure of speaking with Chicago radio legend Kevin Matthews. Let's listen in. An unexpected encounter with a broken statue of the Virgin Mary next to a dumpster sparked the devotion of our Blessed Mother in Kevin Matthews. Kevin has authored a book entitled Broken Mary, A Journey of Hope. Kevin Matthews, hate you, hate your show. <laughs> does that bring does that does that ring yeah. a bell? Yeah, for the folks that are going, what are they talking about? <laughs> you know, I, I, I had my best times uh, in radio in Chicago at the Loop. You know, I, I was thinking here just a few minutes ago, 25 years ago, I was on the air with Jonathan Brandmeier or Steve Dahl or Gary Meyer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm with Father Greg. How life changes. And, is, that <laughs> and Mark Teresi. And both of you. And both of you. I, I, it's, it's, it makes me smile. Now, Kevin, you started smile. on the loop in what year? Oh, I right after the Bears won the 85 uh, championship, sure. uh, I came up and I stayed in Chicago until 2005. And then I came back to Michigan where I was born and where my radio career started. So did you did you begin in '85 with the Loop or was there another station? No, there was. Uh, I I went to college to get a, a, a an education to become a teacher, and I got involved in the student run radio station. And then from there, I had a great success in Michigan. Then I briefly was in St. Louis, and then I came up. Um, the folks at the Loop uh, said, "Come on up and and join us," and that was. Unbelievable what was happening in radio I mean, at that time on the loop. Kevin, what was the highlight of your Chicago time on radio? You know, literally, I grew up with everyone. The listeners were my best friends. To this day, my best friends are listeners. Oh. I, I know that sounds cliche, but... We, we did everything together. We got married together. We had children together. Mm-hmm. You know, some went off to be cops or plumbers or attorneys or priests. Um, it's, it's just an amazing journey. I literally, what, you know, that question, there was a person that was influenced by my radio style. And so he decided, I'm going to go in and be a, a radio personality. And he hit the wall. And now he's a priest in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I've run into him. And that is probably one of my my favorite moments in life is here is a person that wanted to be like me on the radio, but has ended up as a priest, and he's far better off. (laughs) That is amazing. In my life, I wanted to be a radio and TV sportscaster. There you are. Having loved sports and played some sports, and then the Lord called me to the gift of priesthood. That, That phrase, hate you. Yes. Hate your show. Please, to our listeners, okay. I don't hate we, Kevin Matthews. We, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I love no, the no. guy. So when, know, when, when was that coined, and how did that happen? Okay, 
if you were listening in Chicago, there was a, a friend. He's a friend, Eric Mueller, who was known as Man Cow. Oh, sure. His, sure. It, you know, when everybody called Man Cow, that's how they started. Hey, Man Cow, love you, love you show. And I took it the direct because we were it's radio at that time was like wrestling. Mm-hmm. So Man Cow would be Jake the Snake and I'll be Hulk Hogan. And so we're at war with each other. And so I had my audience say, hey, Kevin, hate you, hate your show rather than love you, love your show. So that's where that was. It's just, uh, and I, I'm still very good friends, uh, and, uh, and and really uh, good friends with. Uh, now, were you 20 years out. morning drive on the loop? No, Johnny did. We had we had an incredible lineup, if you remember, and it was culturally just a perfect petri dish in Chicago. Jonathan Brandmeier was the morning anchor, and then I followed Johnny. And I set the table for Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer. And then after Steve and Gary, we had sports with Chet Kopik and the Chicago Bulls. So when Michael Jordan came from North Carolina and he starts his run with Phil Jackson and the Bulls, they were part of the loop, AM1000. So we were just a hurricane that you couldn't turn off. And we changed the, the face of radio in America, we would have people in other cities fly to O'Hare, get in a hotel, and just write down everything I did, Brandmeier did, Steve and Gary did, and then they would take it and use it in other cities. So that was a compliment, but we were doing things. We, we broke ground when it came time for a radio. So there's a young college student working their radio station right now. What's your advice to them in terms of looking to radio as a career because it's tremendously powerful medium and also very uh, competitive it is it is it's it's all about content um content is so important what i love right now is i've always since day one i've embraced technology Mm. so i've always embraced technology i was one of the first radio personalities in america to get a website I had kevhead.com, and to this day, I'm doing more on the Internet and through iPhones and, uh, you know, what's happening technology-wise. My Broken Mary, my rosary apps, or I should say Mary's rosary apps, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have been downloaded hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times all over the world, and so that's a different technology. Follow your dream. You know, Mm -hmm. do whatever it is that you love to do, because then it doesn't become work. And I will tell you this. This is true, and it's not because I'm talking to you. Always start with God. Mm -hmm. Ask God. God, help me. What do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, look at you, Father Greg. You wanted to go into sports, and here you are. You still have a love of sports. But if we put God first, he can help us, because... I've hit so many walls. I've got so many mm-hmm. bruises, but those are good bruises. Now, along those lines, Kevin, because you're saying some great stuff here, is in this program today, we're going to talk about Kevin Matthews today in relation to Broken Mary, how it changed your life. Right. What about the Kevin Matthews in 1985 to 205? What was your faith then? Uh, you know, I was a typical... I had beautiful children and a beautiful wife, and of course we got married, and then the kids 
you know, they make their first communion, mm-hmm. their confession and whatnot. I made sure that happened. And then after that, the birds kind of fly the nest, and I was a weekend warrior, if mm-hmm. you will. I, I went to church, yeah, whatever. I always, I, I was I was having such a great time, and I was running parallel with Dennis Rodman, and, you know, we were the Rolling Stones of radio. Mm-hmm. We could mm-hmm. do anything we wanted. But I, I do recall this, that every once in a while, I would stop the craziness and the madness. And I got a chance to help a nun in Chicago, a sister Honora. She's oh, passed sure. since. Number... St. Mary of the Lake Parish. Yeah. Oh, was sister Honora, was she a sister of mercy? Sister Joan and sister Honora, they ran the school there. It's uh, yeah, Sisters and, of Mer- Mercy? It, mercy um, I don't know if they were, I, they, I think you're right. I think they were Mercy, Sisters of Mercy. And, and what I loved about them is they took on women who had babies, and these babies were addicted to crack cocaine. Mm. because. But And Sister needed diapers. Oh. And so I, she came on the air with me, which is, hey, Kevin's, I got a nun on what's going on here. And, and she needed diapers. And I said, we can do better than that. I want people to buy pallets of diapers. Wow. And, and so we, for years, we got her food and pallets of diapers. And I also got to know Father Smith, and Mm -hmm. I just, every once in a while, I ran hot, and I ran questionable life, but at the same time, I knew deep down in my heart to help. That, That microphone, you know, I could, I could open that microphone and, and talk to people that are so beat up and wounded. And that's what I love. I find very interesting, uh, Kevin, and that is uh, when you were on radio and certainly a major celebrity because the loop was so well-known and what a a hurricane lineup you had around the clock, including the Bulls in the evening, is you get into the fast track of life, and it's so easy to get caught up in that world, yet part of you was still grounded to help Sister Honora, other causes, Father Smith, great, great priest from Maryville, John Smith, and um, because <clears throat> our life is never in a vacuum, but we can get so caught up in the ways of the world, and so easy for us to forget God. But God, here's the thing, no matter how many steps we take away from God, it only takes one step to get back to God. And, exactly. and God runs after us. Mark, you had a question. Uh, well, I was just going to say, Kevin, I wonder if working with Sister Honora, because she was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, she was not a demure, quiet little nun. I mean, she was out there in terms of Mm -hmm. the social justice piece. I imagine imagine she and other religious probably had an impact in your life, too, and seeing their dedication to the social service and the mission of the Church. Uh, You know, it's, it's true, Mark, but I have to be honest, when I was on the loop and whatnot, I, I, I know more, I have more associations with different Dominican and Franciscan. I know more nuns now. <laughs> a, a, dear, a, a, a dear priest who has helped me so much through with Broken Mary, Father Mark, he said, Kevin, it's amazing. You used to hang out with strippers. Now you hang, <laughs> now, now you hang out with nuns. And, and, and it's so true. Um, you know, I was just with Franciscans yesterday. Uh, 
you know, and, and we're human beings. Mark and Father mm-hmm. Greg, we're human beings. You know, here I'm so honored to be speaking through the cathedral. And even even the cardinal or the pope, they're human beings. And, and, and we all are human beings. We're not perfect. I found this statue of the Virgin Mary lying next to a dumpster. It was too heavy to throw into the dumpster. I don't know who would do such a thing. But this statue of Our Lady caught my eye. I walked over and looked, and she's broken in half at the waist. Her hands are missing. She looked so cold and abandoned, her eyes just looking up at me. And that's when I heard a voice. A voice I'll never forget. This stern voice said, Will you deny me? Will you deny my mother? I ended up taking the statue. I kept her because she was broken, and so was I. I took her home, and I called a priest, and he came and blessed her. And that's when the miracles began. First, I had this urge to recite the rosary. I didn't even have a rosary or know what a rosary really was. But Mary herself, she taught me her rosary. And when you recite and hold her rosary, You are holding the hand of Mary. And when you hold the hand of Mary, you're holding the power of God. And that power can heal everyone who's broken. So many people have touched the statue of broken Mary. Some are sick. Many have addictions. So many are afraid or dying of loneliness. Many have contemplated suicide. And some are serving life in prison. We all are broken. It's humbling to go to Mary and say, Mary, the mother of Jesus, please, please, Mary, be my mother today. This world is moving so fast. Maybe it's time to stop and close your eyes and finally be with God. That was Kevin Matthews regarding Broken Mary. Kevin, that was absolutely powerful riveting what do you remember the exact date that you found broken mary in the dumpster it was um it was in november of 2011 and you know father when i found the statue lying next to a dumpster i had no idea that eventually a book would be written or rosary apps would be created and i never wrote anything down and to this day, I've, I'm, I'm still going back. And but I'm, I'm, it's interesting when I go back um, how much has happened on specific days, on specific Marian uh, days. Many happening in conjunction with apparitions of Fatima, or the apparitions of little um, Bernadette, a Subaru of Lourdes. So it's Mary's way of speaking. You know. I, my, my journey has, it's, 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 it all started with God, followed by Jesus, then Mary. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you uh, how the gifts, emotional and spiritual gifts, 
that are given to me every day. Um, you know, people say, why doesn't God talk to me? And he does, but I want people to listen. You know, I found a statue of the Virgin Mary broken in half, no hands. She's laying on her back. She's looking up at me. And I heard a voice of Christ say, will you deny me? Will you deny my mother? And here I am some eight years later, and I'm talking on the cathedral radio station. Um, it, it, that I want people to know I don't cherish, it, it's a statue made by human beings. But it, what it represented is what's so important. That statue is a concrete statue. And I've even had people in the church say, you know, I be careful not to worship that statue. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I worship Mary. And it was Jesus, just like John, who said, Kevin, I'm going to leave you with my mother, and she's going to clean you up. And here I am eight years later, and she certainly has cleaned me up. Now, Kevin, go back in time. Where was your life in November of 2011? Ugh. It was a disaster. You know, it was a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) I find Mary, God called me to a dumpster, a filthy dumpster. And, and, And there's a reason for that. That's what it was. It was a dumpster. I had lost my job. I was kicked out of radio. After 30 years, I'm out of radio. I'm out of work. I've been diagnosed with, um, a multiple sclerosis. I, I'm, I'm a mess. I've been diagnosed with diabetes. I am just broke. And uh, and it, here I am. I am. You know, here I am. And, and it's all because of See, God. See, it's very interesting. I always tell people you can never separate your faith from one's life. What do I mean? When things are going well in life, our faith tends to be doing pretty well. When things are lousy and we're down in the dumps and dumpster, you can never separate one's life from one's faith. And so it is no, in fact, here's the, we can say, oh, what a coincidence in November of 2011, you were down in the dumps, literally, and you saw Broken Mary. And someone can say to you, oh, Kevin, what a coincidence. But here's the best definition of coincidence I ever heard. A coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Mm-hmm. A coincidence is God's way of remaining right. anonymous. And so if someone said to you, oh, Kevin, you were down in the dumps and you found this broken Mary, what a coincidence. No, it's the hand of a God weaving through your life, and you listened to the voice. You could have kept on walking. Yeah. And, and the power that Mary has in our lives right. to focus us on Jesus' work in the world, what's needed. And, you know, maybe, Father Greg, just briefly, maybe you want to share how Mary ended up back at Holy Name. I mean, Kevin would probably be fascinated. We'll share that story a little bit later on. Okay. But that, okay. That's a great story. And okay. it, uh, but, you know, getting back to your story, Kevin, is that you were down in the dumps. You found... you did, Now, it's interesting. Even the path you were walking that day, if you had chosen a different street or different path, it's all different. Right. Well, Father, what, at the dumpster, 
I looked, I got out of my car. I, uh, there was a voice. I've been hearing voices all my life and I, I've made money. I have had, I've got all kinds of voices in my head, but <laughs> I, this one particular one at that day on this Saturday, it said, you go buy your wife some flowers. And I looked up and here's a flower shop. I pulled in and I'm getting out of the car. And I remember it just snowed. I've got MS. I hate snow walking. I'm going to fall and I'm going towards the door and I can't help but look over at the dumpster. I see about a four foot statue of Mary. And I knew immediately it was Mary. It was Mary. And I walked mm-hmm. over to it and my heart sunk because she's literally you know, as broken as I was, I look at and I see Mother Mary in garbage and broken and trash and weeds. And there's no way. I said to myself, I'm going to steal her. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, that's when I hear this voice and it's Jesus saying, will you deny me? Will you deny my mother? And it was stern. And I and those I were the to, exact words. Those were the exact words. And it was stern. It reminded me of my older brother, Jim, when I got in trouble with my mom and dad. But it was that stern voice. And I went into the little flower shop and nobody was there. The clerk and said, can I help you? And I said, I really want to buy that statue of, of Mary at, by the, at the dumpster. She said, no, it's a family heirloom. And and then I heard the voice again, will you deny me? Will you deny my mother? And I closed my eyes and I just said, God help me. And then what came out of my mouth, I just vomited these words that said, I'll give to the nuns that live out around here in your name if I can take her. And she looked at me and she goes, I know you. You're that. You're the voice on the radio. You're Kevin. You got fired. What <laughs> happened? And it opened up dialogue. And I said, literally, I will give money. Can I take her? And I went out, and she's broken in half. And this Mary, I hate to talk about a woman's weight, but she's heavy. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and, and I, I, I've got I've got MS, and I'm trying to walk on this slippery sidewalk, and I. I put her in my truck, and I get the first half, the second half. I make a little bed, and I just turned on the heat, and I just said, Mary, I'll take care of you. And I took her home, and she's in two pieces, and I put her out in the garage. I made a little bed, and I called a friend who I knew, Father Mark. I didn't really go to church a lot. I started, and I said, hey, I've got this statue. Do you know where I can get her repaired? And he said, in the spring, you can go to this monument place by the church. I did, and I took her. And I, this man is looking at the statue in my truck, and he goes, we can put her back together. I can put new hands on her. I can paint her. I can make her look. You won't even be able to tell she's been broken. And I, that's when I started to cry. And this guy now is thinking, what kind of a lunatic? <laughs> Here's a grown man crying with a statue. And I said, no. I said, let's just put her back together, keep her hands broken. She's broken. And she's broken like me. And I just knew I'll call her Broken Mary. And 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 what I loved most is think of the brokenness of Mary at the cross. Mm-hmm. Think of it. We all go to the brokenness of the cross. And, and, and so I've made it my life is to, I always say, 
I'm a dog of God, and I'm leashed by the rosary and will protect all that is holy, especially that has been graced by Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. I love Mary so much, and 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 I'm I'm serving God through Mary. I serve Jesus through Mary. So, and here we are. Beautiful, and she loves us. She and I'm all yes. Yeah, she definitely in the rosary. You know, people can look at at the statue, and yeah, it's a statue. It's a concrete statue. But I guarantee you that Mary is where that statue is. Exactly. Mary. Mary is always with the rosary. Some people can say, oh, it's just a bunch of beads, and old ladies say it. What is it? To, to me, it is her umbilical cord. I'm attached to Mary's umbilical cord, and she feeds me Jesus. Beautiful. I, I, I wear my rosary right now because Satan was—he had me, and look what Mary and God did, you know? And, and so I have to wear my rosary. Hey, you know, I, I love it. I love the rosary. I know what I'm to do because Mary told me when I went to Fatima in, in 2017. Sounds like there was a conversion, a change. What was your family's reaction to um, to this movement in your life? Um, well, my kids had grown up, and, and, and my wife is always, you know, she's a dear saint. Mm-hmm. And and so she's always been there. She loves Mary. She loves Bernadette Subaru. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, you can't hide it. You can. You. I could have just left. I could have just left the floors and left her there, and we wouldn't have this conversation. I know for a fact that Mary. I love how she mystically comes to our side when we say the Rosary. Mary just takes us and mystically brings us to her side. That was said by St. John Paul. And I I want folks to know how much I love the rosary because it truly is Mary. It's it's Jesus. It's Mary. Do you remember when we're little and we take a hot bath and we're real little and our mom would towel us off Mm -hmm. and comb our hair and then wrap us in that towel and then bring her to her side and we just sat with our mom? That's how I feel when I recite the rosary. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. how That's a great beautiful image. Mary is, how beautiful. She mystically wants us to become Jesus. And and so I will do anything for her. You know, just, I, I love her. Like I said, I serve God through Mary. Now, Kevin, I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. The way you are talking today, here it is, April 2021. If someone had said to you 30 years ago, when you were a big broadcaster on the loop, famous, well-known, signing autographs, the fast track of life. If someone had said to you, 30 years from now, Kevin, you would have found a broken statue of Mary and then spend the rest of your life doing this, what would your response have been? No, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, The book, Broken Mary, A Journey of Hope, that was my producer of the book, Eventually, I remember, I said, I'll give money to nuns that live out here. I found out through Father Mark that those nuns, there's many nuns, but specifically it was the Franciscans. And one of the Franciscan nuns that I was to meet was Sister Lucia 
uh, a Franciscan nun who is a writing professor at Grand Valley, the university I went to. And I'm like like Huck Finn. I, I, I had a lunch with mm-hmm. Father Mark and this nun. And I said, you can write this story because so many things were happening to people now two years later. And she said, she went back to her mother superior and she said, I'm not working with Kevin Matthews. He's Satan. He huh? works with wow. he works with Howard Stern and Steve Dahl and the loop. I'm not. And here we are later, she has become one of my best friends. And we went to Fatima together. So to say what would I be saying thirty years? No. I, I, I in fact, by all honesty, I should be dead and in hell. You you were you were the fast track in your day, weren't you? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, we were the Rolling Stones of yeah. radio, yeah. but and you were. It's and you, yeah, no we, you were. we did it whatever we want, you know, and and it just, my goodness, I, it was my last chance. I look at it now. This is that was my last chance, and not to say boldly, oh, I'm going to get into heaven. I'm not there yet, um, but you mm-hmm. know how? What is that saying? All saints have a past, all sinners have a future. I'll give you another great line from a John Lennon song, which we even played on the air years ago. Life is what happened while I was making other plans. Yeah. Life is what happened while I was making other plans. And, you know, I, I, I just recently, I know for a fact that I love, I live in the wounds of Jesus. I love that. I live in the wounds of Jesus. Here we are. We're celebrating Easter. Those mm-hmm. wounds that I live in, those wounds that I live in no longer bleed. They were healed by God. But I caused those wounds. I caused those wounds. So that's where I choose to live, in the wounds of Jesus. Everybody's broken. And the world needs the world needs God so much now. And and I have so many plans of what I know Mary wants to have happen. And again, I work through God and Christ through Mary. Now, I'm fascinated. Early, early in the show, you talked about having the first website, one of the first websites. So, yeah. so you know you know social media. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. in your bones. Uh-huh. Uh, the church isn't really great at social media. How do you see this Broken Mary, a journey of hope. How do you see promulgating that message through the social medias, the the the, um, the places that we have now that we can communicate messages very differently than we yeah. did as a church years ago? Sure, I uh, I I believe that technology. We're here because we are human beings. Um, I recently, we all know Steve McMichael of the Chicago yes, Bears. Yes, yes. He, it, Steve is a very good friend of mine. He was diagnosed with ALS. Mm-hmm. Which is an absolute shock. Even in, even in the yes. uh, world of the NFL, the player, yeah, former players it, are shocked. And, and the thing is with Steve is such a good friend. I know for a fact Steve did not get ALS because God punishes Steve right. McMichael. No. It's because we're human beings. We have the ability to actually come up and cure ALS. We can cure hunger. We can cure whatever it is, but do we choose to do so as a society? In, in, honor, in answer to your question, I will use any technology to spread the Word of God. And when I first made my rosary apps, I had a person who's basically an atheist design the site, 
and we put it out there after the book was written. And two, three months, four months later, he goes, you've gotten over 200,000 downloads wow. of your rosary, and most of them are from the Philippines. Mm, wow. And, and so do you understand? It's it's like it's it used mm. the technology to spread the Word of God. I would love to—I know what I would love to do with, with Broken Mary. I would love to take her to the Vatican and have her blessed by the Pope, wow. just to let us know that the Pope is loved, the cardinals are loved, the bishops are loved, priests are loved, people, disciples, people, regular people— God always wants us to be a disciple. We were born to be disciples. We were born to be saints, as as Jim, uh, the actor from The Passion, says so beautifully. We were born to be saints. Just become what you are to be. And yeah. and with Mary, if you if you promote God and Christ, Mary will open up any door. I know that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've watched it. I've, I've, I've cataloged it. I've watched this woman work. And I call myself Mary's roadie because <laughs> it's, it's funny. Out of nowhere, I, I get a request to go to Arizona. And it's like I got a carrying case, and I take Mary through the airport. I'm her roadie. Out of, out of curiosity, Kevin, how much is this Mary weigh? <laughs> um, it's, the case in Mary is 68 pounds. That's, and, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's quite heavy. Yeah, she's a. I think she is herself is fifty eight pounds, and she's. It's an old concrete Catholic statue. I love. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is so beautiful. She is. Her hands are broken. There's scratches, and she's worn. There is not a blemish, a scratch, a mark on her face. And I love that. I I absolutely love that. Um, I have so many stories to say about. It was literally though. Christ said, I'm going to leave you with my mother. And here we are later, you know, and I've watched from our walk in Chicago or the download of the rosary, or I go, I get invited to prisons and I'm looking at men who are, are holding a rosary who have, are spending life in prison, yet they have the rosary in their hand. You know, one of my favorite disciples, not only is John, because John took Mary and cared for her, but also Judas. I can relate to Judas because I think the sad thing about Judas and what disappointed Jesus the most is Judas didn't ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He just went off and killed himself. We can Mm -hmm. all be forgiven. And what I'm learning now is that confession. I used to hate confession. I'd get on a plane and I'd just soon fly to Spain and have a priest who doesn't know me, can't speak (laughs) English, get me out of here. I am learning, though, because of Mary, the rosary, the Eucharist, and confession. Um, You know, the, the first confessional was actually created at the foot of the cross with Mary. When I go to confession now, I take Mary with me. I love that. I take Mary with me. And I'm not confessing my sins to a priest. I'm confessing the sins to God, who already knows what I've done. And I love the Eucharist, and I love the Rosary, just as God and Mary said to Lucia, uh, one of the children of Fatima, is the importance of confession, the Rosary, and the Eucharist at least once a month. Now, you wrote the book in what year? Broken Mary, A Journey Um, of Hope. That was... uh, 
prob uh, towards uh, the end of 2014-15, and the proceeds of the book, I knew Mary taught me the rosary, and then you're going to go to Fatima. And I went with to, with, to Fatima with Father Mark, who blessed the statue, Sister uh, Lucia, who was the nun that, you know, we are best friends now. Um, and a lot happened when I was in Fatima on the anniversary of Fatima. The what, parallel, what happened? Tell us what happened. Okay, one of the things is, uh, there's it's called Providence. When God, you sent me to a dumpster. Here I am in Fatima. I can't walk that well because of my MS. So Father Mark and Sister, the nun, the Franciscan nun, they went to uh, uh, where the Angel of Peace gave the children communion, leaving me in this park alone in the woods there's a statue of mary it's where mary appeared to the children in august because they weren't allowed to go to the apparition site so here i am sitting all by myself with mary and i look up at mary and i said mary i wrote a book i've got two rosary apps now what Hmm. and as soon as and as soon as i said now what i said to myself that was so derogatory everything (laughs) about broken mary is like lightning speed Suddenly, as soon as I said, now what, I felt something whiz by my head and smash onto the ground. And I said to myself, whatever that was, that would have killed me if it would have hit me. And it was a big pine cone, and it shattered. And I'm in, a, this is, I'm in an olive garden, and I look, and, and I, I, Mary's um, it just the feeling of, I want you to plant the seeds of my rosary. Nothing else. Plant the seeds of my rosary. And I, Father Mark came back, and I said, Father, how many pine cones do you see laying around here? And he goes, none. And I go, this giant one almost hit me. I still have that, but a pine cone is seeds. I am to plant the seeds of the rosary. My job is to get people to the rosary. Mary does the rest. You know, where there's Mary, there's Jesus. Where there's Jesus, there's God. I that's that's, what a, I that's a great story. I had a question about your colleagues uh, from your radio days. Are you mm-hmm. in touch with any of them, and oh, and, and yeah. what do they think about this? You know, I, I, I know my heart also said, Mary, to me, never be secret of your encounters of me. One time I wear my rosary, and one time Father Mark said, your rosary and, you know, your scapular is hanging out, and I just quickly hit it, and it was though later Mary said, never be secret of your encounters with me. To answer that, I don't mean to sound pompous, but I don't care mm-hmm. what they think. Um, I will I will die from God and Mary, and, and I gently will smile. I think of Mother Teresa if I get confrontations now. I just as soon stop be silent and smile and and I they know I'm happy I'm, I'm I'm doing this out of the love for God and 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 whatnot I I would be dead and in hell if this hadn't happened I find it very fascinating I, I love the word you, you keep using again our brokenness and that is so right. true you know, if, you know Kevin if I got gave a homily and said isn't life easy isn't life wonderful isn't it just jolly People look at me and say, you've been in that rectory yeah. too long. Right. I talk about the brokenness of life, the pain uh, yeah. of life, the struggles, the questions. People say, I can relate to you because you're onto something. So I talk about <clears throat> in, our, in our lives, you know, there's a brokenness that only the Lord can heal. We yeah. have to be open 
to his voice, open to his word. Yeah. And you know, and also it's a sense of trust and surrender. A prayer that I pray ten times every day goes like this. Lord Jesus, may I trust in you completely, then I know you're with me, then I shall not fear, and you, Lord Jesus, will do the rest. It's a prayer of trust and surrender, but it's so easy to say, but so hard to do, because there's another beautiful prayer that goes like this. Lord, what do you ask of me, and give me the courage to do it. The first part is easy. Lord, what do you ask of me? The second part, and give me the courage to do it. That's the hard part is that trust and surrender. But if someone wants to get a copy of your book, Broken Mary, A Journey of Hope, how can they purchase a copy? You can get it anywhere. You can also through Dynamic Catholic. Um, if anybody would like to have me come and speak, if you'd like to you know, reach out to Father Greg. <laughs> how, can they, how can they get a hold of you, Kevin, um, to be a speaker I, That's of the a church? good question. Um, you know, the best way would be to, oh, you could follow me on Facebook, Broken Mary on Facebook and message me, um, and that's done very, very well, too. So, okay. I mean, I, I'm going to be in Chicago for a week, March 12th through the 18th. Wait, 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 March 12th of next year? May 12th. No, March, or May 12th. May 12th, oh, okay, May 12th, yeah. excuse me, right. for, for the week. So I'll just, I'll be down, I'll be by the cathedral, because a friend of mine is becoming a priest. Listening to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 9:50 a.m. and 9:30 a.m. Every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago Week in Review. To find out more about the Broken Mary Project. Visit BrokenMary.com. That's BrokenMary.com. Our final segment today is also from Catholic Chicago. Father Lou Camelli joined Father Greg Sakowitz and Mark Teresi to talk about May as the month of Mary. Here's a highlight. Now, the month of May is known as Mary's Month, the Blessed Virgin right. Mary. Uh, so I guess the question that will kind of kick off is, and that is, uh, why is Mary such an important person in our Catholic tradition? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big question. And uh, I've, <laughs> I've written a lot about it, you know, in different ways. And, uh, but let me just try to pull it together in a, a kind of simple perspective, um, Mary is, of course, the mother of Jesus, and uh, probably the, one of the most important things about the fact that she's the mother of Jesus 
is when you see these pictures of her, statues of her holding the child, you begin to realize that Jesus is a real person. You know, he's not an idea, not an abstraction. In fact, the, the theologian Karl Rahner once said, you know, she's essential for us in our faith uh, to make sure that, that, that Jesus is not an abstraction because, mother, because abstractions don't have mothers. You see, so that's, that's kind of the... Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, really, it's extraordinary. And the other thing that makes her so important is that she is his, not only is she the mother of Jesus, but St. Augustine says it's even more important that she's the first disciple mm. of Jesus. <laughs> and and that, that in that sense, she shows us a path of following Jesus. She spent her life. Yeah, I exactly. And so mm. um, we have... Sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, Catholics, um, they have this devotion to Mary, but it seems to take away from uh, a real relationship with Jesus. On the contrary, um, if it's real, genuine devotion to Mary, it's always going to lead to Jesus. It goes uh, beyond Mary. Yeah, when exactly. We, when we were in Mexico adopting our daughters, we ran into a woman who had helped build a town. She built a firmery. She built, and she said she had a terrible accident, and, and she had said to us, you know, our lady came to me yeah. and said, take care of my children. Now, I'm just, how do you explain that? Because this wonderful work came after that. But yeah. how, how do you explain, you know, Mary's presence in our lives? Well, I mean, it, we believe in the communion of saints. Mm -hmm. In other words, the church is uh, the church that we experience here on earth. And we right now, the three of us are together. And that's, that's in a certain sense, that's an experience of church, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wherever two or three are gathered. But, but beyond that, we're part of a much larger reality of the communion of saints. So within mm -hmm. that, now... <laughs> I, I, I think sometimes people get um, very much uh, fixated on apparitions, you mm -hmm. know, she appears or, or that. Okay, uh, what's more important is the word that you used. Mm -hmm. More important than appearing is that she's present to people and present in different ways. I, I, I think, you, you know, we, we know from our relationships with each other, with uh, for people who are dear to us, who've died and gone ahead of us, we know that there's a different way of being present to each other. It's real. And, and I, I would guess that this woman had a genuine experience of the presence of, of Mary, that mm -hmm. word of reassurance, that uh, kind of um, encouragement to do good work. And the proof of that, if you will, or the verification mm -hmm. of it, is in the work itself. Yes. You know. Look so what came you, out of what, it. Look what came look, out of look, it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. By their fruits, you shall know them. That's what Jesus said. So that's a basic uh, element of discernment. Tell us a little bit about the importance of the, uh, internationally, the importance yeah. of the rosary. Yeah. Well, the rosary is, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> there's so many aspects to it. There's a kind of an emotional attachment, mm -hmm. as we know from our, our grandparents and, and that, and I mean, one of the more interesting things for me is at the cathedral, uh, 
I, recently, recently, I've been running into younger people, young adults, mm-hmm. who say, you know, Father, I, 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 my grandparents prayed the rosary. I don't, I don't know what this is about. Can you tell me about the rosary, you know? Yes. So there's an intuition that it's an important kind of prayer, and um, they want to they engage it. So in any case, uh, the rosary, a couple of ways of describing it and, and why it's so important one of them goes back to Pope Pius XII, like around 19, around that time I was born in 1944. Mm. He described the rosary as the gospel in miniature. Mm. The mm. gospel in miniature. In this sense, That's a good that, description. yeah, it's, it's a way of approaching all the basic uh, movements of the, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus uh, in a prayer form, so that you circle around those mysteries, and you actually have, in a compressed way, a, a, a review and a deepening of the spirit of the mm-hmm. whole gospel. So that's that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it, and I think this is from Pope Francis, uh, but I'm not absolutely positive. It's a beautiful image. Uh, in any case. Uh, Speaking of the rosary as looking at Jesus through the eyes of Mary. Mm. Looking at Jesus through the eyes of Mary. Now that's and a profound of, statement. It, it really is. It's extraordinary because when you have the eyes of a mother looking on her child, and as, he, as he's born, as he grows up, as he takes on the ministry, as he dies, as he rises, she's doing it with love and complete attention. So if we can get into that mode in that prayer, that's extraordinary. So those are, the, I mean, those are a couple of reasons. It's really, really important. Now, Lou, uh, I need to ask yeah. this question. It's yeah. kind of a, a sidebar. When you were on a couple of years ago, you've been on many times, but you made the comment once. We were talking about the rosary. We were talking about scripture reading, talking yeah. about uh, daily mass. Uh, if you can, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No. Do you remember the line you gave from some theologian? We talked about pray from where you are, oh. and not from where you're not. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm mixing it up, but do you remember that line? No, sure, I do, absolutely, because it's it's been really important for me personally, but also when I'm doing spiritual direction with people. That the line is from. Uh, Actually, he was a Chicago priest, passionist priest, Father Barnabas Mary Ahern. Okay, Ahern. And he was a scripture scholar and a spiritual theologian. And he said, pray as you can, not as you can't. That's it. Pray as you can, not as you can't. And the point of that was this. You know, we each one of us has a different personality. And we're going to pray according to our personality. And for some people, that means, like, just speaking. I mean, you have a lot of extroverted people who are going to talk. But then there are other people who don't need to use a lot of words. They can be silent. They can be attentive. They can be more meditative mm-hmm. and all that. So his 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 point was uh, don't try to force yourself because you think, oh, this is a, the best way to pray. Well, this is what this is what I have to do. The example you gave was in the, in the radio was because Grandma loved the rosary, maybe you won't. Yeah, uh, like, you and, know... And, and it's not a put-down. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Uh, and, and, and it may be that the rosary as a prayer form... Uh, first of all, 
praying with, with and, and to Mary and through her uh, intercession to Jesus, of course, for everybody. But exactly how that's done? Yeah. You know, the person who had a great deal of difficulty with the rosary, a lot of difficulty with the rosary, was St. Therese of Lisieux. Mm, wow. She writes about that, yeah. Why? Uh, well, it, it, it didn't fit the pattern of her uh, personality. It didn't mesh real well. Did she pray? Absolutely. Was she devoted to the Blessed Mother? Completely. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, it's, and, and she did the rosary, but she found it really, really difficult. Um, and culturally, uh, we're in a different spot. Now, I remember, you all know Bob Regali Sr., who passed oh, away. Sure. Yeah. He said when he first, on his first date with his wife, uh, he came to the house, knocked on the old, you know, the Irish family's door. The door opened. The dad said, on your knees. They were praying the rosary after dinner. Yeah. And it culturally was part of who they were. I had one question related to the yeah. rosary that may be helpful for folks. Could you talk just a little bit about the luminous mysteries, those oh, new yeah. mysteries? Yeah, this is uh, just wonderful. This is from Pope St. John Paul II. And uh, it fills in a, a kind of gap. Remember I said the, it's the gospel in, in miniature. miniature. So you had the... we kind of jumped before from the joyful mysteries in infancy to the passion. And, mm-hmm. and this brings us into the, the middle. It's the um, baptism of Jesus, the uh, wedding feast at Cana, con- his preaching and, and miracles. It's his uh, transfiguration and the institution of the Eucharist. And the Pope felt that that was a good it, way it to complete out. the rosary. See, the rosary is actually pretty new. I mean, in hmm. a certain sense, it, it has developed over uh, 1,500 years. Okay. Uh, it right. started w- when people took the 150 Hail Marys, uh, who, the people who couldn't pray the 150 Psalms, so used the rosary. Oh, right. And eventually, it, it's only in the last couple, few hundred years. So, so the rosary in your pocket, in my pocket right now. As it is. As it is the last couple hundred years. Yeah. It took a while, but there's a uh, Mackesy Theological Resource Center at Mundelein. It took forever to figure out how to honor Mary yeah. there. And we ended up with a gentleman in, I think, Washington, D.C. He drew an icon of Mary with Jesus. And Jesus, they always look forward, but he was yeah. touching her face. And we had talked during the break. You said, that, you know, the Eastern Church has some different take on right. Mary. But exactly. it's connected to the reverence. Could yeah. you fill us in? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh for, for example, I mean, there are people in the Eastern Church who do pray the rosary, as we talked mm-hmm. about it, but there are a lot who do not. However, it's very important to realize that there is strong devotion to Mary in the Eastern churches, mm-hmm. and, and it's expressed in, in a number of different ways. One of them is through icons. I, I'll, I'll talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that because it's important to me. And a, another is this great uh, hymn called the Akathistos, uh, which is a Greek word for mean the standing hymn. And because people stand during this hymn that goes through and describes Mary oh. in relationship to Jesus. And it's, it's just spectacular mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that, that becomes a kind of extended prayer and meditation. So the Eastern Church is devoted to Mary, but it has its own modes of expressing that devotion the icon i want to i want this is a personal thing but i've got a prayer space in my room mm-hmm. and in that prayer space i have uh two russian icons mm. i got them in rome and brought them back 
the first one is, Mark, kind of like the icon you described. Mm-hmm. It's a mother and child. So Mary is holding the child, the chi- and it's a tender kind of mm-hmm. representation, the child putting his hand on her cheek and all that, but she's holding him. The other icon is an icon of Mary's dormition, her falling asleep. Hmm. Hmm. And she's laid out, and the, the, the apostles are kind of weeping around that. And But above is uh, Jesus as glorified Lord holding Mary, who's in, in, in represented in a, a kind of as, a, as a, a small figure wrapped in white. Now, when you, you sit between these two icons, you realize this is the mystery, the full mystery. The first one is the mystery of the incarnation, mm-hmm. uh, Mary holding the child. And the second, the dormition of Mary, was a child holding the mother. That's the redemption. She, mm-hmm. He brings her to himself, assumption, Beautiful. and she f- fully shares it in It completes his, a circle. It completes a circle. So for me... Praying between these icons is really, really important. Now, between the icons and the rosary, over the centuries, so many titles yeah. about Mary appear. Lou, why? Well, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a really good uh, question and, and observation. Uh, because, you know, you have uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, of course, is very present here in the mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic uh, community, especially Mexican um, but there are other... There's uh, many, many titles. Yeah, Our, Our Lady of Chensohova for Polish, and, and you just keep going around and around, and, and sometimes you can kind of get dizzy <laughs> with mm-hmm. all these titles. But what it says is that she is a person in our faith tradition who has universal value, but it's expressed in particular ways. Each culture, each group can claim her and recognize in her a way into the mystery of Christ. And it also helps cultures stay together. Exactly, yeah. And, and not, oh. be, not to stand alone, but it supports who they happen to be. Who they are, exactly. And let's not forget, like, mission of Our Lady of Mercy. Yeah. You know, people call it Mercy Mission, but it's the mission of uh, Our Lady of Mercy, which means all that movement is dedicated to her and asking for her help in yeah. caring for these homeless yeah. kids. Exactly, uh, because she expresses a kind of compassion. It's already in a motherly in, love. Yeah, exactly. it's compassion already evident in the Gospels. When she is at Cana, she says they have no wine, mm-hmm. or when she's at the cross, completely connected with the suffering of her son. And she's a strong lady. I remember when we were at Cana, the priest said to us. The miracle there was Mary crossed the line to get to Jesus yeah. to tell him there was a need there. And yeah, I see, never that's thought when I was a that. child. I, I thought Mary's being meek and humble, which oh. she's very yeah. humble and very meek. However, a woman a strong of deep faith. We close today's program with an important reminder that you can attend Mass online by visiting our website, archchicago.org. That's archchicago.org. The Masses are also available on Facebook and our YouTube channel youtube.com slash catholic chicago our thanks to abc7 for televising our english sunday mass at 9 30 in the morning to univision for televising our spanish language mass at 10 a.m and polevision for televising our polish language mass sunday at 9 a.m and 3 p.m thank you for listening to us every saturday morning on relevant radio 9 50 and 9 30 a.m 
I'm Michael May for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Have a great weekend. Join us every Saturday morning for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.